million dollars. When she died, y'all, she had an incredible financial legacy to leave behind. But, but here's what's interesting. The, probably the, the, one of the greatest recipients of her legacy was her dog, Trouble. She left Trouble behind $12 million, more than her children. Now, I thought about that, and I thought, how bad were her kids? Uh, the other thing I thought was, how good was Trouble? That had to be an incredible dog. But she left behind a huge part of her legacy to a dog. Now, like I said, I don't think many of us are going to have, or any of us, are going to have $8 billion to be able to leave behind. But I want you to know something. I want you to know that you do have something of value to leave behind. You have the opportunity to leave behind a spiritual legacy that will impact not just your life, but it can also impact the lives of the people that follow you, and in particular, our young people. And so the question is, how can you, and how can I, how can our church truly leave behind a legacy to our young people so that it will make a difference? Well, today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see a lesson that is shared with us on how we can leave behind a legacy to young people, because that is an incredible calling that every person has. It is to leave behind a legacy that will make a difference in the life of a young person. And we're going to see this today in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and starting in verse number 4. Now, we don't typically look in Deuteronomy a whole lot, but if you want to know where that is, if you can just go towards the front of your Bible, it's just a few books in, and so it'll be Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4, and I'll give you a little bit of background information here. Uh, the Hebrew people at this time had been getting ready to enter into the Promised Land. You might remember they'd been in Egyptian captivity for about 400 years. It looks like they're going to go into the land that God has promised them. They've been talking about it for years. The people that had gone before them had left behind this legacy for the people to have hope for the future, but the people were disobedient to God. And right when they got to the edge of the promised land, you know, they kind of got scared, they were disobedient, and so what happened? Well, they didn't get to go in. They ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And so now we're getting to a point where Moses, he's frustrated, he's getting ready to die, and he wanted to share with the people, guys, you have blown it, but I want you to hang on to a legacy that I believe in, the legacy that there is one God, and he's got a plan for you. You see his heart in verse number three. He said, listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them, the precepts of God, so that you may prosper and multiply greatly, because Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses was leaving behind a legacy for the people. He said, God's got a plan for you. God has a future for you. In Village Church, that is a message that we are called to share with our young people. That God has a plan for them. That God has a future for them. That God knows who they are. Now the question for us is, well, how do we, how do I leave behind a message like that to our young people? How do we do that as a church? And today I believe we're going to see three different things that we can do in order to be able to do this. And leaving behind a legacy, it begins with this. First of all, you have to know your core message. If we're going to leave behind a legacy for young people and to impact young people's lives, we have to know what we're about. 
We have to know what we believe in. We have to know who it is that we hope in. And that's what we see in verse number, uh, in verse number 4. Moses wrote this to the people. He said, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. He was sharing right here in these verses the core message that the people needed to know to base their lives off of this message. And so that's a question I have for you, and it's a question for me. What is the core message of your life? What is it that you are basing your life off of? And, and here's what I believe about most people. Now, I'm not talking about y'all because y'all aren't most people. But here's what I believe in general. I believe in general most people really just don't think a whole lot about this. We don't think about the value of our lives. We don't think a whole lot about what it is in particular that we are leaving behind that's going to impact the future and the eternity of people after us. And so it's my hope today that, that we'll consider that. That we'll take time to consider what is it that I'm leaving behind? What is it that's most important to me in my life? And so one thing that you can do right now is you can just think, you know, if I, if I were to die, what is it that the people that are closest to me would say about my life? You know, what would they say that I valued most in life? And, you know, some people are going to say some good things. Or some people say, you know, he was, he, was, he was a great family man, loved his family. He was a hard worker. And those are, I mean, those are, there's nothing wrong with those things. Those are good things to leave behind. But y'all, there's got to be more than that. But what, what about eternity? What about what you believe in? What about the God you serve? Would they have anything to say about that? You see, well, what I want you to know is that you do have a legacy to leave behind, and it is a spiritual legacy to leave behind. It is something of significance. Now, I'm sure that the Hebrew people at this time in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I'm sure they didn't think they had a whole lot to leave behind. I mean, they, remember, they're just a generation away right here from being slaves. They, they didn't have, it's not like they had a, you know, a great wealth. Or, and they're like, man, we're broke. We're, we're nomads. We've been wandering around in the wilderness, and now you're telling us we're to leave a legacy? What kind of a legacy can we leave behind? And Moses said, you got a great legacy to leave behind. You have the legacy of a God who brought you deliverance. And y'all, that's the kind of legacy that you and I have the opportunity to leave behind as well. That we have a great God who has given us deliverance. And so Moses said, I want you to know the core message of who you are and what you're all about. Well, well who are they? What, what, are, what are God's people supposed to be all about? Well, you see this in verses 4 through 6. He said, here's your core message. He said, there is only one God. He said, you need to know that. There's only one God. Now, today, in our culture, that is not a politically correct thing to say. Because what we like to say today is that, hey, listen, it doesn't matter who you worship. We all end up in the same place anyway. Well, Moses would beg to differ. Moses said, here's the legacy that you need to be teaching your children. There is one God, and it is the true God. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, the people didn't affirm this teaching. They were serving other gods. 
And so here's the basic question. Moses basically saying, how well has that worked out for y'all? You've ended up in captivity. You've ended up wandering around in the wilderness because you've been disobedient to the one true God. He said, make it your core message, the core of who you are, to serve the one true God. See, people drifted away from God. And now what they're finding out is that they're weak and they're vulnerable. So Moses said, love God. Love the one true God. Y'all, that, that's, what we, that's what we're called to do. We need to know our core message, that there's one God and we are to love him. Now, how do we love God? Well, Jesus gave us that answer. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commands. You, you demonstrate your love to God by being obedient to him. Now, that is why at Village Church, we find Scripture important. That's why at Village Church, we find it important to teach Scripture. That's why right now, right next door, in our children's ministry, y'all, they're having a good time over there, but you know what they're looking at today? The Bible. They want to know. They're being taught what God's Word says, and then we want to know what God's Word says, and then we want to apply it to our lives so that we can be obedient to God, and whenever we do that, we are demonstrating that we love God. Now, are there good things that come with that? Well, John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, he said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. And he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You want your life and the lives of the people who follow you, you to be built on a solid foundation, to be built on truth. Because if it's built on truth, a solid foundation, you can stand firm whenever the winds of life blow. I remember the first time we went to Haiti as a church was back in 2010. It was just a few months after that huge earthquake down there ended up killing over 200,000 people. When we arrived and we got there, the place was decimated. You know, building, buildings had just crumbled. That's why so many people died. The buildings had collapsed, fell on people. But the buildings ended up collapsing for a very simple reason. They didn't have a building code in Haiti. So people just used whatever they wanted to to build. And I remember the first time we were there, there were some cinder blocks off to the side. And I walked over to them, and I, and I just, I got on one. I stood on top of one, and I, was, I think I was trying to look at something. I stood on one, and it crumbled right underneath my feet. Now, it's because I'm pretty bulky and, you know, big and stuff. But, uh, but that, that is the, they use those, those cinder blocks I stood on, that's what they used for their foundations. And it couldn't even hold me up. Now, why did it crumble? It's not a good foundation. Now, guys, when it comes to us spiritually, our foundation can only be solid if we know our core message, and that core message is that there's only one God, and he is firm and solid throughout all time. Jesus said, a person who builds on a firm foundation is wise. In Proverbs 4, 7, it says, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, how does Jesus uh, define a person who's wise? He said, a person who is wise hears the word of God, and then he's faithful in putting it into practice. Okay, Y'all, that's who we are. If if we are going to leave a legacy for, for our young people in this church, we, we need to know our core message. What's that core message? Is that there's only one God. He is the creator God. He is the God who has all power and he holds eternity in his hand. That is our core message. 
And that is a message that leads us into the second point. We need to know our message, but then we need to share that core message. If we're going to impact the lives of young people, it begins with us sharing our core message with them. Now look with me in, uh, let's see, verse number, verse number 7. It says, repeat them, repeat this core message to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Okay, now you look at that verse, he says you're supposed to share your core message of who you are with your children. Now where are we supposed to do that? How often are we supposed to do that? Verse 7 is pretty clear. He says you repeat them to your children, you talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You repeat that message over and over and over again to young people. You do it over and over again. You know, I always find it strange when I will hear a parent tell me, when it comes to matters of faith, I'm just going to let my children figure that out by themselves. I'm going to let them make their own decisions, make their own choices. Now, I'm all for young people growing up and making their own choices. I mean, that's, a part of, that's part of life, right? You, 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 you mature, you make choices, and all those things. But let me tell you something. You don't, you don't just let them go free from the very beginning. There's something that happens as they're growing up so that they, as they get older, they begin to make their own decisions and choices. You know what you do at the beginning? You teach them. Now, I don't know why we just sort of blank out when it comes to spiritual matters and we say, I'm not going to teach them, but when it comes to other stuff, we're willing to teach them. I mean, let me ask you this question. For those of you who are parents, when is the first time, how old was your kid the first time you allowed them to stay at home by themselves? Four? You know, throw a little Cheerios on the ground, say, hey, good luck, just don't go outside. You don't do that, do you? They're not old enough yet. So what you do is you teach your children some basic things before you would ever think about leaving them by themselves. You teach them how to make their own, you know, cereal. That's a, that's a huge, I mean, that is one of the most important things in life. Teach them how to, how to make their own breakfast. Teach them how to lock the doors whenever it's bedtime. Uh, teach them how to make their bed. Teach them all these different things. You teach them. You don't, you don't just say, hey, I'm not, you know, hey, good luck. I hope you make it in life. You know, we had you, so you're on your own from here. You don't do that. You teach your children so that as they get older, they're going to be able to handle themselves without you being there with them in their lives. Now, that's, that, I believe the same way that we raise our children in that way, we ought to do the exact same thing when it comes to spiritual matters. You know, while your children are young, you are to be sharing with them your core message over and over and over again. Because what you value, if you value it, it's worth passing on. And you want to share that with your children. Now, you don't make your children become followers of Jesus. The hope is, though, that you will share with them over and over again to show them, one, it's important to you, but two, you want, you want them to be set up for, for success later in the future. Now, they get to determine what they're going to do, but you want to be teaching them in the meantime. Now, you might say, well, how often am I supposed to do this? Well, if you look in verse number 7, Moses said you are to repeat them over and over again. That, that word repeat is an interesting word. It's the picture of sharpening a knife. You take the knife and you, you rub it against the stone over and over again 
until it becomes sharpened. That's what we're to do with our children. We're to teach them over and over again with our words, by how we live, about the things of God, so that hopefully there will be that day when your children, where that message, it will pierce their hearts. And that message that is your message will become their message. And then whenever all the junk of life comes along, they will be sharpened by the word of God and they'll be able to cut through all the junk of this life. Now, who are we to share this message with? Well, in verse number 7, again, it says, with your children. That, that, that word children is interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean your biological children. What it's referring to is those, those people who are underneath your sphere of influence. You're to be sharing your core message with them. Now, that, again, that is something that goes contrary to our culture today. Our culture today says faith is a private matter. Faith is something you keep to yourself. It is just simply between you and God. It's not what Moses said. Moses said those people that are under your influence, share your core message with them. Why? So that they might know God. You share it with them. That's what we do at Village Church. That's what we want to do at Village Church. That's one of the C's in our church about how we're going to engage culture. There's, y'all, there are so many young people and students in our area. And it is our responsibility as believers and as a church in our area of influence to share Jesus by what we say, by what we do. There's a lot of different ways we do this as a church. Uh, some of the things that happen in the church that you can be involved in concerning uh, sharing your core messages. One of the things is, hey, show people that you love them. You know, we do that in our schools. We have so many people in our church who are involved in the FCA ministry in the schools and and uh, with, after, after high school football games, just real simple stuff, we, we provide a place for the young people after the games to be able to come and have a good time in a safe space. Uh, two weeks ago, I believe there were about 400 to 500 kids that were at Blythewood High School after the local football game in Ridgeview High School, after the local football game where they came together. And there are many of you who are volunteering there, serving food, being kind to the kids, talking to them. Why were we doing that? Because we want young people to know in our community that we are a church that's willing to engage where they are, and we do it because we love Jesus. What, what, what else is happening? Well, like I told you earlier, right now, next door, in our church, we have people in our church, adults, who are sharing the good news of Jesus with our young people that they might know who he is. You know, when you're willing to share your core message, it can change lives. When I was in the car the other day, I was, I was driving along and I was listening to talk radio and I heard the story on talk radio and I thought, man, I need to, I need to look this up when I, when I get out of the car. It was about a, a young man, his name's Justin Juneman. He is the third string kicker, fifth year senior for the University of Minnesota. He has never played one down of college football, but he's on the team. Well, the, the coach found out about him, discovered that every week he goes and he ministers at a children's hospital in the, in the cancer area. And he just spends, he's a Christian, he spends his time with those young people as a Minnesota football player, you know, cheering up the kids, trying to make an impact with them, sharing his life with them. Coach found out about it, he was totally impressed. And so what he did is one of the, one of the young men that's in the cancer area of that hospital he talked to him. He said, hey, who's your favorite player on our team? He said, normally they always change the quarterback or receiver or some star player. And this young man, his name's Kyle, he said, it's Justin Juneman. 
The coach was thinking, this guy has never played one down of football, and that's his favorite player. Why? He cares about me. He comes by, and he sees me, spends time with me. Whenever the coach saw that, the coach decided this was a young man that needed to be lifted up and rewarded. And, and I looked up, there's actually a video of how the coach rewarded him. And so we're just going to show this video. I, th I thought it was a cool video, so I think, I think you'll like it, just seeing a young man who was willing to serve. Okay, uh, I have a very special guest this morning. This is my friend Kyle. And uh, Kyle is at, uh, right now, uh, Children's Masonic Children's Hospital right here. Press on, continuing to, you know, face these complications that I still have, but, you know, each day, just, you know, you wake up and it's a new day. Uh, do you have any favorite players or anybody? Uh, I remember the hospital, I remember seeing one particular person a lot. That, that visited a, you? Yep, that was a just, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that, that when you start talking about players and things like that, people that continue to serve and give and do all the right things. So it's pretty funny though. Uh, Kyle, uh, we were sitting in my office and he goes, What is that? So that's my new toy. <laughs> my new toy just came in. He's like, Can I shoot it? I said, no, you can't shoot that thing. Mom's like, no, no, I'll let him shoot it. So uh, I'll let you shoot it in here, though. <laughs> you want to shoot it? I for sure do. <laughs> Since Jess is your favorite player, you can shoot it at Justin. I don't know. Here, come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. See if you can. Point it at him. Point it at him. Get it up there. seen anybody serve and give more than that guy who, who is not a star player who hasn't played where his face is recognizable he could easily just not do it and nobody would ever say anything and all he does is continue to keep his oar in his water live that holistic life academically athletically socially and spiritually and you're sitting here looking at two examples right right of what our culture can do what we can do for other people what other people can do for us and what we can do for them. Very, very powerful. What a cool story of service. A young man who wanted to make a difference in somebody else's life, and you'd say, he doesn't have a whole lot to offer. He doesn't even play. But he impacted a young man who has cancer, and it changed his life, and the coach rewarded him. That shirt said, you have earned a full scholarship. That's who they gave a full scholarship to. A player who never played. Guys, I want to tell you something. When we share the core of who we are, it matters. Not so, the question is, how, how, do we, how do we impact the lives of young people? You, know, you have to know your core message. You share your core message. And the last thing is you cling to your core message. 
And that's verses eight, verses 8 and 9. It says, Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now it says bind them. It's talking about you bind the core message of Scripture on, onto, your, onto your forehead, on your arms, and you put it on your doorpost. And, and the, basically a lot of scholars believe during this time there weren't a lot of copies of the Bible around. And so they're like, we just need to put it in a nutshell, what our core is, and we need to keep it ever before us, always remembering what we're all about. That's why we're told in Hebrews 12, 2, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. You know, and whenever they are training a dog, they will train a dog to always keep his eyes on his master so that even if there is a big plate of food in front of the dog and the master calls him, if the dog will keep his eyes on the master, he will not be distracted by the food. Now, if he takes his eyes off of the master, and that dog's going straight to the food, and he's going to start eating. So that's why they train him, keep your eyes on the master. Y'all, when it says we are to cling to our core message, that's what it's talking about. You don't allow circumstances of life to distract you. And there's a lot of different circumstances that can distract us in life. We can have a lot of dreams in life that we'd like to see happen, but we don't see them happen, and and we get distracted, and we think, I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have children. I'm never going to live in that house. And so that's why Moses said, "Don't, don't get sidetracked by that stuff. He said, keep your eyes on the master." Because the master has a plan for you. If we could be more like Jonah, you know the story of Jonah and the whale? When Jonah was in the belly of the well, you want to talk about a bad circumstance? He's in the belly of a well, and yet in Jonah 2.7, he said, when I had lost all hope, he said, I turned my thoughts once more to you. Put the core message before yourself. Always be reminded of what our core message is. You know, if y'all know anything about the Jewish faith, you know they have the masuza, and it's on the doorpost of their homes. This is where it came from. Whenever, whenever we go to Israel, we'll see people walking around, and they have these little bands around their head and a little box. It's called a phylactery. And there's scripture in that little box. That's where that came from, the scripture. It's the core message. You know what the core message is? It's the verse that we read at the very beginning. The Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, now why is it important for us to cling to our core message? Well, the very simple reason. It's a constant reminder to us of what we believe, of what we hope in. It's us keeping our eyes on Jesus And saying, regardless of circumstances, I will keep my eyes on him because he is the God of eternity. And I will trust him. And let me tell you something, if we cling to that message, people notice. Some of the smartest people that there are are young people. They have vision that cuts through all the junk and all the stuff that we tried to hide from them. They know it. They know what we cling to. And if we cling to the fact that Jesus is Lord, that our Lord is one, and we love him with all that we are, they will take note of that, and they will find it serious that what we believe is something worth considering. Now here's the question for us as we close. What is our legacy? What are we leaving behind? 
You know, you personally, what's your legacy? As a church, what's our legacy? What is it that we're leaving behind? Well, what we should be leaving behind is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. And let me tell you something, when the rubber hits the road, that's all that matters. We only need Jesus. And that is a legacy we need to leave behind. Now, how, now how do we leave that legacy behind? Guys, we've got to know our core message. Then we've got to be willing to share that core message, and then we cling to that message. So here's, here's the final question. Are you sharing the message? Are you involved in sharing the message? Village Church, are we sharing that message? Because we've decided one of the ways that we're going to share that message is through our campus ministries. And my challenge for you as God leads you, we want you to find one, one of those C's for you to serve in. Because we believe this. We believe that as Christians, as a church, we are not about being spectators. We are about being on the field. And we need some of you to be on the field in our campus ministries, leaving a legacy behind for young people. There's a lot of different ways where you can serve and be involved in our children's ministries, in our youth ministries. You can go to camp with the kids. Some of the other things that you can do, you can be involved in the sports ministries that we have involved here. But all of those things, they are being done for a simple reason. Because we love Jesus. And we need young people to see Jesus. And we need them to see Jesus in us. And one of the best ways it happens is by us serving. Which C are you going to be involved in at Village Church? It's going to be community, it's going to be campus, be our care ministries, be our civic responsibilities. It needs to be at least one of them. But one of the most important ones is with our young people. They need to know Jesus and they need to see Jesus in us. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for your word. God, I'm, I'm grateful that, that you tell us. You're just very clear with us. And by letting us know practically, we are one generation from, from our faith being extinct. If, it's not, if, that's, if, if we're going to avoid extinction, then, then God, it's going to require us getting down, being involved in the ministry to young people knowing what we're all about, sharing, sharing the, the God that we believe and serve, and then hanging on to him with all we've got. God, I pray that we will see in this church, that we will see students, campuses, teachers, just transformed by the power of Jesus because his followers and Village Church are serving in the name of Jesus. May they see Jesus in us, Lord. And I pray that we will see transformation take place. God, may we be excited about serving in your name. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.